Welcome to the OG Livewire. We're in week four already. Time to grind some waivers. Let's go. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So welcome. We're already in week four. Uh, the season is just flying by. This this past week was wild. I mean, we had the the Justin Jefferson dud. Um, we had DeAndre Swift uh, looking like he's going to miss multiple weeks. We had uh, real stinkers of a few games. The the Packers Bucks game, obviously the Broncos 49ers game. Uh, there were some some really big letdown games. The Miami Buffalo was somewhat of a letdown game. Uh, you, you didn't get the smash spots um, that you were looking for from from several of these players. Uh, that was a little bit disappointing for that to be 21-19, but I think that the Miami Dolphins are for real. Uh, Chiefs offense. Chiefs offense is uh, struggling a little bit. I mean, they put 17 up, lose to the Colts. Uh, I think they had a lot of um, they had a lot of positive vibes after that Chargers game, uh, and they kind of went away uh, with that ugly Colts game. Uh, the Vegas Raiders are 0-3. And the Cardinals are very disappointing. This week, uh, this week should be tilting. We have the early game um, on Sunday. The Saints and the Vikings. Uh, they play in, in the Europe the Europe game. That should be very fun. Um, nice to get the early start, especially with uh, you know guys that we we like in fantasy like Justin Jefferson. Um, and then Thursday night is going to be awesome. It's going to be the Dolphins going into Cincinnati. There should be a lot of fantasy goodness with that one. So uh, we're a little bit excited. This is an ugly week, waiver wire week. Um, this is a kind of week where, you know, if you're in a FFPC, NFFC, FFWC, 20-man format league, uh, you don't want to go too nuts. You, you want to obviously check because every league is different. There might have been some guys dropped. Um, if you're a Joe Mixon uh, owner, if you're a uh, someone who rosters DeAndre Swift, you know, maybe you need to, to be a little more aggressive with some of their potential replacements, but – it's, it's pretty much an ugly week. I think week one and week two were, are going to be more impactful than this week will be um, in terms of the times we're putting in waivers. But we're still going to be grinding. We're still going to be fixing the back of our rosters. We don't we don't take weeks off. If you're watching this, uh, you're, you're grinding as well. So we're just going to get after it. Um, Quarterback-wise, my article on Player Profiler is out. I encourage you to go read it. All the guys that I talk about today are, are included on there. Um, and I only had one quarterback this week. We use a 25% or more rostered threshold uh, using Yahoo. 
that's what we do for player profiler. And that's what I do for the show. I think it's a, it presents guys that you can reasonably get in most leagues. And the only quarterback I had yet again is Marcus Mariota. Uh, the Atlanta offense has now put up 26, 27, and 27 points in their first three games. You've got a nice combination of offensive skill position players we like in Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Cordero Patterson, and a defense that's somewhat leaky. So Marcus Mariota is a starter in super flex formats. If you're in a true bind, you can use him uh, as a starter You know, in, in regular 12-man leagues. It, you have to kind of grit your teeth and do it. Uh, the matchups are not quite as good coming up, but I think that that Atlanta offense is very functional, and it's just an ugly time um, for these quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, we talked on about last week, was a major dud um, in his first game. You can't be too happy with what you're getting out of Justin Fields if you drafted him to be your QB2. That's been very ugly. I mean, pretty much the whole QB2 class besides a few guys. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks very good. Tua Tungabailoa looks very good. Uh, besides a few guys, it's been super disappointing. So I think Mariota, you at least get a, a functional offense. He has a rushing ability that he showed in week one that has kind of gone away the last two weeks. I think that he needs to bring that back if he's going to be, you know, fantasy viable. But again, uh, he would be my ad this week. You know, I think he's going to be available in a lot of these 20-man roster leagues. I don't really have another quarterback to talk about, so we'll kind of move on. Running backs, this is an interesting week. A lot of these guys, let's get this out of the way. Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, and Jamal Williams, if they're available in your leagues, if you play in a 15-man format league, uh, maybe you're in a Yahoo league yourself, maybe you're in a league on Sleeper, these guys are 50% type waiver wire ads uh, in terms of how much money you're going to spend on Fab. If I was needy for a running back, I might go up to 65%, especially for Jamal Williams. Uh, Alexander Madison and Herbert would probably be 50% uh, fab guys for me. None of them are going to be available in your leagues, uh, especially if you're playing in the formats that I do. But if they are available to you, be extremely aggressive going and getting them. I think that if Jamal Williams will be a top 15 play at the running back position every single week, DeAndre Swift is out. Khalil Herbert is a borderline RB1. I think he looks better than David Montgomery. He was outstanding. He had 30-plus uh, uh, points in PPR. Uh, and Alexander Madison, we all see, have seen how successful he has been uh, in games that Dalvin Cook was missing. So all three of those guys would be smashes, but I don't want to waste your time. They're probably not available to you. One guy who should be available to you, though, is Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, this past weekend, Mixon went down with an ankle injury, and Samaj P. Ryan stepped in. He had nine carries for 38 yards, and he added two catches, including a 14-yard touchdown grab. All offseason, we kind of kept going back and forth on Chris Evans versus Samaj P. Ryan. It was P. Ryan all along. Uh, it should have been more apparent to us at the end of, of redraft season. I think a lot of sharp drafters took P. Ryan in like the 20th round, and they're sitting on him. But he is the guy. If We have also have the short week to, fact, to factor in for Joe Mixon. So Piran might get a spot start on Thursday night. To me, he's a running back two based on the quality of the offense and the fact that he can catch passes and the coaching staff seems to like him. So any week that Joe Mixon is out, Piran is an RB2. I would not go crazy uh, here fab-wise. This is very much a spot start 
I don't think there's going to be anything long-term with Joe Mixon. But again, we need more information. It's only Tuesday. Um, I would encourage you to try to get some Ajay Piran. Again, hopefully we have clarity by the time waivers close um, for deeper formats. But if you're in a shallower format, by all means, go get Piran. I think you might get news that Mixon's out this week and you'll have Piran at home against Miami in a, in a sort of a must-win game uh, for Cincinnati. The other running back uh, that is pretty exciting to talk about that's kind of under the radar and will be available to you, um, whether you play FFPC, NFFC, FFWC, and any single home league, is Craig Reynolds. Reynolds had a lot of success last season when that Detroit Lions backfield became decimated with injuries. Now we have DeAndre Swift looking like he'll be back week seven. That is kind of the word is that he needs some time to rest. It's not a surgery situation. But he has a shoulder issue. They're most likely going to hold him out. Jamal Williams is locked in. He had 20 carries this past weekend. He's going to handle all the volume he can. But if he slips up or if he gets banged up, Reynolds is the next man in. I know Justin Jackson's there. I've seen Justin Jackson's name come up um, as a potential running back three here. But Reynolds uh, got the Reynolds. I would expect to get the work behind um, Williams. If he struggles, obviously they can go to Jackson, but Reynolds like was kind of like a folk hero last year. Uh, he came out of nowhere. He had success. We love the offensive line in Detroit. We really like the offense, and I would be aggressive trying to get Craig Reynolds. You also have the fact that DeAndre Swift, if he, if he doesn't get surgery, he comes back. There can always be a setback. Uh, we don't like to, you know, try to, you know, see the future here on the GOAT district, but shoulders are funny. A lot of it's pain tolerance, a lot of it's function. If there's a setback, you could see him miss further time towards the year. So Craig Reynolds becomes a very interesting guy to add. Justice Hill. Justice Hill, uh, we've had, you know, we were drafting him when he was a rookie with all these high hopes that he would do something. It sort of has never happened for Justice Hill. There's a lot of people in fantasy football who have always loved his skill set. He was an exciting two-way back at Oklahoma State. He played ahead of Chris Carson when he was young and Chris Carson was old. He's part of the reason that Chris Carson was an undrafted free agent. Justice Hill has seen work now for two straight weeks. Um, it's kind of been under the radar here because everybody's talking about how J.K. Dobbins came back. And J.K. Dobbins did look good. J.K. Dobbins, uh, if you didn't see the game, he had an incredibly impressive stiff arm play where he just annihilated a defender. He looks explosive. He looks his athletic self. Um, we're really rooting for J.K. Dobbins. I have some J.K. Dobbins in Dynasty, and you know we've been kind of waiting for him. But I think Justice Hill is the handcuff. I think he's the RB2 to, to roster. Gus Edwards is coming back. We don't know how effective he'll be. I believe he's eligible to come back after week five. But Justice Hill broke off a 34-yard run last week. He has lapped Mike Davis. He's lapped Kenyon Drake. Uh, the coaching staff has kept him around. It's the same coaching staff that drafted him. So Justice Hill would be one that I would consider. He's going to be available in a lot of leagues, and he shouldn't cost you a lot. I want to kind of see where the Justice Hill situation is going to go. He'd be a guy I'd add for a couple of dollars and just see what happens. We've seen Baltimore in the past use multiple running backs. We know Justice Hill can catch the ball. That is an awesome offense, and we want pieces of it. Treston Ebner, your league is not going to have Khalil Herbert available uh, in it. Uh, again, there's a lot of uh, podcasts are going to be talking about adding Khalil Herbert. 
it's it's fantastic advice. If he's available in your league, go get him. But go ahead and grab Treston Ebner if you can't. Uh, Ebner Ebner is going to be right behind him now. Um, Ebner was a super interesting player in college. He had over 3,000 combined yards rushing and receiving. Uh, he had 127 catches at Baylor. He was drafted in the sixth round. There was a lot of buzz about him in the preseason. There were some people who liked him more than Herbert. That obviously is probably not the – that was an incorrect way to go about the backfield. However, it doesn't eliminate the fact that Ebner does have talent. Um, we'll see what happens with Montgomery and when he comes back. But any week that Montgomery is gone, it's Herbert. And then I would expect Ebner to get you know five to ten touches – with potential for more. Chicago is running an archaic run-first offense, and Ebner is a guy that should be rostered. If you have David Montgomery and Herbert is rostered, go ahead and get Ebner. And if you have Herbert, go ahead and be aggressive for Ebner on the chance that you can now roster both pieces of the Chicago backfield. I think it'll pay off. And if anything were to happen to Herbert, Ebner would step right in for you, especially in these 20-man formats. Jalen Warren's going to be available in a few leagues still. Uh, he's a must uh, handcuff player behind Najee Harris. Warren looked extremely explosive. He didn't play a ton, but when he was in for Pittsburgh, he looked great. He averaged seven and a half yards per carry. He also had a 35-yard gain on a shovel pass that was called back on a penalty. There's a chance that he sees increased touches. I know that the narrative's always that Mike Tomlin – you know, likes to go with one back, and that's sort of been his thing over the years. But Pittsburgh's coming off of a loss. They play the Jets. They've got a long week to kind of get things right. The quarterback position is a major struggle right now. I don't know if they're going to make a switch to Kenny Pickett. He's a guy we probably should have talked about in the uh, quarterback additions. If you want to get ahead of the market, I think his time will be there. But I think that getting a few more touches a game for the explosive Jalen Warren is, is not the worst case uh, scenario for Pittsburgh. And much like P Ryan, he's a handcuff that might still be available. He's rostered. I mean, I, I have him rostered a ton of places, so I'm kind of trying to talk it into existence, but I think he's probably available in a few leagues here or there. He's definitely going to be available in some home leagues. Uh, go ahead and get Jalen Warren. And I would actually prioritize him this week because Najee Harris is, is dealing with the foot problems I think that a lot of people just look at at box scores. If you didn't if you didn't watch the game, you would just see that Najee Harris had a couple of catches. Najee Harris got a touchdown. And Najee Harris did look, you know, great. He laid a guy out on a block. You know, he's a tough player. He's trying to fight through these foot injuries, but if the season goes south, they're not going to just grind, you know, Najee Harris into the ground and make him play hurt. So Jalen Warren is a guy that I would really want to have rostered. I think that you might get five or six starts out of him this year, and I think that any week he'd start, he'd be a running back too. That pretty much covers the running backs that are available to us this week. Uh, quick look in the uh, in the chat. Shout out to Snooze. In, in a few NFFC leagues, Najoku and Dubes were dropped last week. So a bid range. Uh, Snooze is acting asking for a bid range. So Romeo Dubs in an NFFC format, I would be very, very aggressive. We're actually going to cover Dubs in the uh, in the the wide receivers right now. But if he's available, basically he had he led the Packers in routes run, he led them in targets, he led them in catches, and he led them in receiving yards. 
in what was kind of an ugly, grinded-out game against Tampa Bay. They won 14-12. Alan Lazard is catching touchdown passes, but the rest of the Green Bay Packers wide receiver core is all banged up. I think you're going to get multiple starting weeks. I think it's Romeo season in Green Bay. That You rarely see wide receivers available to you in NFFC leagues, especially ones that could be potentially impactful. In a perfect world, I would say go 25% for, for him, um, for Romeo Dubes. I would go 25%, but I think it's going to cost you a lot, lot more. I think you would, if you really want him in an NFFC league, you might have to spend 40%. Someone might overspend on him. Dan Williamson and I were in a in a in a Rotowire online championship uh, league team. And in the preseason waivers, Michael Carter was available. Or excuse me, after week one, Michael Carter was available. Somebody cut Michael Carter. It was a terrible cut. Somebody did it. Michael Carter, when that league was drafted, was probably a 10th round pick. But after the first week, he looked like a, you know, a, a top 24 running back. Now he's probably somewhere in the top 36 running backs. Dan and I put an aggressive bid in and someone bid 90% on him. So like, <laughs> I can't tell you what your league's going to do, but if if he was available to me in an NFFC league, I would be very aggressive going and getting him. Uh, he is the first wide receiver I wrote about in my article on player profiler. Uh, he would be a guy he's, he's available in 75% of Yahoo leagues. So if you're in a shallow format league, you know, I would go pretty aggressive to get him. It's still kind of a bet between him and Alan Lazard being the, the wide receiver one there in terms of who scores the most fantasy points. But there's no reason that he isn't a top two target in Green Bay this year. Uh, Robert Tunyon is rostered in most of my leagues. He'd be another guy to add at the tight end spot for Green Bay. Um, it'll sort itself out, but I would be very aggressive on that one. Uh, ML in the chat. Justice Hill over Gus Edwards as the number two in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I I think that it's a, there's a chance. Um, and again, it's only Gus Edwards is going to be rostered in in almost all of these NFFC type FFPC type leagues, and Justice Hill is going to be available to you. So you could add Justice Hill for just a few dollars and kind of see where it goes. You'll know really quickly. And again, he's Justice Hill is kind of under the radar. Um, he is a guy that you know flashed this past week. The coaching staff likes him. It's a it's a reasonable bet to make, and if it's and if it's a wrong bet, you've only cost yourself just a few dollars of fab. Um, Snooze also says is Kenny Gainwell droppable by now? I think so. I think that I would hate to drop him in a twenty man format because somebody's going to scoop him up. If something happened to Miles Sanders, then it, I think it would be a split between Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. Gainwell would get more valuable touches, but they're just not using him right now. So he's he's really a speculative stash. This is one that I wish I could have gotten back this this offseason. I drafted a lot of Gainwell, and I feel like I'm kind of holding him. Um, and he, I'm not getting anything out of him. But again, if Miles Sanders misses time, uh, he would he would be a guy we could we would potentially use, but it still would be a Boston Scott type split. So I would hate to cut him, but depending on your roster needs, if you're very good at running back, you know, you might have to do that. Um as disappointing as it is to say. Uh, sticking with the wide receiver position, I got to mention Mac Hollins. It's a very consolidated uh, target tree in Las Vegas. They're passing a good amount. Uh, he had five catches last week. 
And now he had eight catches, 158 yards, and a touchdown. He had his career-high game uh, this past week. I think I would want somebody else to bid on him and win him, and I wouldn't want to spend too much on Mac Hollins. He's 29 years old. But, again, it's a very consolidated uh, target tree in, in Las Vegas. If you, I would throw out just kind of a price check bid um, and see where it goes. I wouldn't want somebody to get him for free. But I wouldn't want to spend too much. We kind of It's kind of like we know who you are at this point. You're 29 years old, but he did have a career high um, this, this past week. And the week before, he had five catches. So they seem to like him in Las Vegas this year. Don't go nuts on the fab. But if you're in a 20-man format, he should be rostered to see where this thing goes. Devontae Parker had a really nice game this past weekend. I expected Nelson Aguilar to have a better game, but it turned out to be Parker. Parker had five catches for 165 yards. He also had an impressive 10 targets. Uh, it, it looks like Mac Jones is going to miss some time. I would expect Brian Hoyer to fill in. Uh, Parker's interesting because with Jacoby Myers out, they really could use a, a consistent pass-catching weapon. I, again, I wouldn't want to overpay, and I think Parker's going to be rostered in most of your FFWC, FFPC leagues, but he might be available in some – in a in a few of them. Um, he, they brought him in as a free agent. I think they would like him to be something, but in the first two weeks of the season, he had uh, four targets in each game. So, or excuse me, four targets total in the first two games. So he didn't really do anything. And then he had this explosive coming out party type game. I don't think New England is going to like bench him. I think they're going to see what's there, but I don't know if we could want to go nuts on him if he's available. I would much prefer spending money on Zay Jones if he's available. Also in this, this article, Zay Jones should have been picked up last week. If he's still out there, be aggressive getting Zay Jones. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one of the, the most positive stories of the entire season. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's one of the more improved quarterbacks in football. Christian Kirk looks like a locked-in wide receiver too. James Robinson is like potentially comeback player of the year. Travis Etienne's been disappointing, but he's you know still a guy we are hopeful will have some big games. But Zay Jones is some is really going under the radar here. He's now seen 24 targets. He's a top uh, he's a top 36 wide receiver right now. He's in the in the wide receiver three range. He had 11 targets uh, this past weekend, and he added 85 yards and a touchdown on them. The offense is getting better. Zay Jones has a weekly role. They were aggressive getting him as a free agent. He is clicking with Trevor Lawrence. I've written about him twice in my waiver wire article now. I'm bullish on Zay Jones. Uh, definitely check all of your leagues and see if Zay Jones is available. He would be maybe my favorite wide receiver that I actually think you could get this week. Because, uh, again, most of you are not going to have any access to Romeo. Uh, he, he's a guy that I'm, I'm really interested to see kind of where it goes. But I think at the end of the year, he could be a wide receiver three. That's how well he's playing, and that's how well he's he's clicking with Trevor Lawrence. I want to also check on Wandell Robinson. Sterling Shepard looks like he's going to be done for the year. He went down in a non-contact injury. It was very sad to see. It was right at the end of the game last night. He had We talked about him last week. I wrote about him last week, but it looks like he's done. It's a, it's a mess. New, New York has a mess at wide receiver right now. They hate Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay looks like he's dust. Kadarius Tony, sad to say, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen this year. 
Wandell Robinson has been injured, but when he comes back, I think the coaching staff is going to find a role for him. He might be, I think the downside would be he's like Rondell Moore last year, like a guy who gets a lot of touches but doesn't necessarily help your fantasy team. But I think that there's also a chance that he catches so many passes that you're able to use him and he'll also get some manufactured uh, touches. That offense really needs a jolt. Saquon looks fantastic, but they need a second weapon. And with Sterling Shepard going down, I think that kind of speeds up the process for for Wandell. Um, There's been talk of Odell Beckham coming back and being a giant again. That would be awesome. I live on Long Island. I think that would be a really exciting thing to see him, um, you know, come back and kind of make up with with the organization that drafted him. But even if Odell signs, uh, I would still think that Wandell is going to have a a role when he comes back. If you're in a home league, like he might be a guy that's available in 95% of them. And in a bad waiver wire week, I might want to just scoop up an injured player like this and, and just stash him. KJ Osborne should also be mentioned. He might have been cut. Um, in some of these larger formats where KJ had kind of a slow uh, two weeks out of the, out the gate. He had six targets and four catches in his first two games of the year. And then he had this awesome game. Um, Jeffrey Okuda, we need to start checking to see who, who he's potentially matched up against. And we need to consider benching that player because he shut down Justin Jefferson and he shut down Jeff, Justin Jefferson a week after holding Terry McLaurin to two catches. And before that, he shut down Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith had the goose egg week week one, and most of the time he was being covered by Okuda. So we're not a defensive show by any means, but Jeffrey Okuda looks like a real shutdown corner, and we need to start taking a look at who he could be covering and kind of lowering our expectations on that player because he completely shut down Justin Jefferson and it kind of elevated KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, some credit needs to go to the Minnesota coaching staff and also to uh, Kirk Cousins for working in the second and third wide receivers. But KJ Osborne was a guy people were very excited to draft. It was like Josh Palmer and KJ Osborne, a lot of very sharp people, former guests, guests of the GOAT district, were kind of touting those two guys as the number three wide receivers in exciting offenses that could potentially be fantasy impactful if anyone were to miss time. We've seen Josh Palmer do that with Keenan Allen out. He had a very good game against Kansas City. Uh, well, not very good, but a, but a usable game against Kansas City. K.J. Osborne's that type of guy. He had seven touchdown catches last year, and I think he's worth a bench spot in any format. And if anything happens to Adam Thielen, I'm not even going to say if anything happens to Justin Jefferson, because that would just be too depressing to even think about. But if anything happens to Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne would be like a wide receiver three. He's a good, he's a good football player. uh, And we've seen him score touchdowns now seven last year. And we saw him score against Detroit for the game winner this past week. Getting back to the chat. Snooze has one more question. Would you stretch Wando Robinson or KJ Osborne? I would be on KJ Osborne. Um, I think that, again, I have much more hope from the Minnesota offense than I do the New York offense. Minnesota offense, I think, will continue to get better. It's only week three with the new coaching staff. There's been some positive signs there. And New York is kind of like winning with smoke and mirrors. That could go south really, really quickly. I, I think that Osborne has bigger, bigger touchdown potential. 
I'd like to find a way to roster both. Uh, but again, if I had to pick one, I'm picking KJ Osborne as the as my you know bench dash wide receiver. Tight end wise, check all of your leagues for Tyler Conklin. I really, really hope this is the last week that I'm writing about Tyler Conklin because we've been touting him on Player Profiler and in the Goat District pod for multiple weeks. Tyler Conklin is exactly what we wanted Cole Komet to be. And Cole Komet's been a major disappointment, but basically a guy who gets a ton of targets and has a weekly floor, that's that's what Tyler Conklin has become. He has 24 targets uh, in three games. He's tight end three overall on the year. He's tied in targets with Travis Kelsey and Tyler Higby for third most in, in, among all tight ends behind only Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz. It's crazy what Tyler Conklin's doing. Uh, Tyler Conklin could be like a top, realistically a top eight tight end to end the season. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think Zach Wilson, when he comes back, like I think that the the fear is Zach Wilson's going to lower the expectations for a lot of these wide receivers and tight ends in, in New York. I'm not sure about that. They got pretty much shut down this past weekend. I think that there could be a scenario where there's less checkdowns to the running backs, but I think that the tight end is something that the LaFleur Sala offense wants to use. They just didn't have the horses last year. Now they have Conklin. I mean, the guy's been incredibly consistent in terms of, of what, of what he's done in terms of getting targets every game. This isn't some situation where he just gets a bunch of targets in one game and the other two, he had like four each. He's been targeted in each game. And this past week, he had eight catches for 84 yards receiving, uh, which were both season highs. So I think there's nothing's going to happen with Tyler Conklin. Uh, he's available again in over 75% of Yahoo leagues. Go out and get him if you can. I don't think he'll be available in too many of the 20-man format leagues, but if he is, be aggressive getting him. I'll, there's Tight end is just a mess. Again, we talked about Robert Tunyon. Uh, I would grab Robert Tunyon as well if he's available. I would expect that he's going to be rostered. Uh, there's a few home leagues where David Njoku was dropped. Obviously, be aggressive getting him. He looked fantastic. Uh, Snooze has a question in the chat. CJ Uzoma is dinged up. Are we sure that he would be irrelevant in that offense? I think so. I think CJ Uzoma is a touchdown dependent guy who will be in on tight end, on two tight end sets. I think Tyler Conklin, you can move him around more. You can do a lot more with him. At this point, I don't think CJ Uzoma is going to dust Tyler Conklin. I would be aggressive getting Tyler Conklin. I, I think he's legit. Uh, I also wrote Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau ran 35 snaps and he saw four targets. And this also uh, coincided with a reduced role for Darren Waller. I think Waller might be a little bit banged up. Moreau ended up with three catches for 44 yards. I don't know. I think we need to kind of look and see what happens this week. But it's worth speculating just to see like why they went with a reduced role for Waller. Um Waller only had 22 yards receiving uh, and Foster Moreau had 44. I think this is probably a one-off, but if Waller were to miss any time, then I think Foster Moreau is a borderline tight end one. If I had Darren Waller, I would go out and get Foster Moreau this week for a few dollars. 
he's worth more to you as a Waller manager than he is to the other managers in the league. Almost like a handcuff where if I'm, you know, a Dalvin Cook manager, I'm trying to get, you know, Alexander Madison or even like a Ty Chandler. If I'm a David Montgomery manager, I'm trying to, you know, get Tristan Ebner because I can't get Khalil Herbert. It's sort of the same thing. If I have Waller, I want Moreau just to see what happens. Uh, And then my last tight end to talk about is Greg Dulcich. The Denver offense is just a train wreck. Dulcich is going to be back soon. He was talked talked about by the coaching staff and the media as a guy who's going to have an impact as a rookie. He has a hamstring injury that put him on the IR, but he's due to come back after week five. Denver needs kind of a shot in the arm in terms of what they can do offensively. We see that it's a horrible pace. They're working three running backs. I would not be shocked if Dulcich comes back and has a weekly role. I would much rather roster Dulcich than guys like Will Disley, like Jag tight ends that we know who they are. um, And we're never going to ever feel excited about starting them. Even if it's uh, Greg Dulcich, I get four starts out of them this year. I think they could be impactful starts. One more in the chat. Shout out to Sam Robinson in a tight end premium league where I desperately need a tight end. What percentage of fab would I use on Conklin? So if you're talking about a 20-man roster FFPC league right now this week, I would put a 25% to 27% bid on Tyler Conklin. I think that there's – again, the tight end position is is shallow – there's not going to be a whole lot of guys that are impactful to you. Uh, I I think that you need to be aggressive if he's available in that sort of league. If it's a tight end premium 15-man roster league, then I might adjust it because I think there'll be more guys that show up that could potentially help you. But in a 20-man league like FFPC, I would be extremely aggressive getting Tyler Conklin this week. Tight ends who, who get these, these this many targets are, do not grow on trees. We also saw last year how people were kind of slow to add Dalton Schultz. People were, were, were adding him, but a couple times he would have been available in week two when he should have been added every single week in week one. Dawson Knox was the same way where Dawson Knox, you know, had he, – he was added mostly, I think, week two or week three. Once these guys are, once these guys, people realize what they are, they're going to get gobbled up. So if he happens to be available to you, go out, be aggressive, and go get him. What about Dan, Daniel Bellinger? Again, I'm just, I'm not so excited about Bellinger. Um, I'm not so excited about this Giants offense. I know there's a few people uh, that have been interested in, in Bellinger. Not really for me. Um, again, I, I would be more interested in adding a guy like Dulcich who I think would would have an impact later on. Just not so sure about Bellinger. Um, but again, uh, Snooze, he's, he, if he's available, um, then and you like him, go out and get him and see what happens. It's just such a mess. Just don't go over overpaying for Jelani Woods. I know he had two touchdown catches. Uh, we liked him in Dynasty, but he's just not getting enough snaps. Uh, and the New Orleans tight end situation is an absolute mess. Jawan Johnson, we talked up on this pod twice. He had a big setback in usage this past week as well. Well, that just about does it. We're going to be back on Thursday uh, with a daytime podcast uh, where Davis Maddock is going to be joining us at 1.30 on Thursday. And Thursday evening, we're going to be joined by Zachary Kruger. Uh, so we have two really, really sharp guys coming for, for back-to-back shows on Thursday. One will be a daytime show at 1.30. 
and then we will have our tailgate before the awesome Miami Cincinnati game. We're going to get a chance to chat with Zach Kruger of NBC Sports Edge and also of Rotoviz. Uh, he's one of our favorite guests. He's been on the Go District a ton of times. Very sharp guy. And Davis Maddock, uh, you know him. Uh, he'll be uh, on the Go District for the second time. One of the sharper guys around. Uh, so uh, thanks for tuning in. I, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, this is this show is growing, and we hope we help you out this week. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and uh, go U.S. Men's National Team. We have a huge game today against Saudi Arabia. It is the last friendly before the World Cup, so I'm super fired up for that one. I'm a huge U.S. National Team fan. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.